Amen. Let's pray again. Amen, Lord. You're worthy. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. God, I pray that you would receive glory and honor from our hearts today, Lord. As we sing these songs, encourage ourselves in the Lord. I pray, God, for your word to minister unto our hearts. Strength, spirit, life, Lord, all these things your word can do. Make us those kind of people, Lord, that we heard about this morning that will love, that will truly love our enemies. Though they cut us into a thousand pieces, Aries peace would say, I love you. Oh God, make us those kind of people. Fill us with your love, Lord. Fill us with your praises, God. Oh, let us sing the high praises of our God, for you are worthy, Lord. Help me now, Lord, to speak your word to our hearts, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. You may be seated. Ezra, could you bring me some water? These are both about depleted here. Thank you. All right. Thank you for that little extra singing. You can turn in your Bibles to a very familiar passage. The first psalm. That's our text today. I don't know if I should say this or not, but I thought about this. Because this is such a familiar passage, and I don't think it has to be this way, and hopefully I can, I can keep it from totally being this way, but maybe some messages are, you know, heavy meat to really digest deep things, and I think we'll have some of that in this passage here. And so we call that, a, you know, a steak. Well, I thought maybe this is oatmeal this morning, easy to digest. We'll see. Trust the Lord. Thank you. You know, a good bowl of oatmeal isn't all that bad if it's got some honey in it, some some bananas. That goes a pretty long way, doesn't it, to give you strength. And I pray at least we would have that, if not some things to take home and meditate on, as this this passage even talks about. So let's read the short psalm here, six verses. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. 
Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Title of the message here this morning is The Way of the Righteous and the Ungodly. I have a number of points that I like to draw out of here and draw our attention to. As you well know, I'm sure, but we all need to be reminded about this, of this, the Christian life is not a sprint. A sprint is where someone runs at full speed over a short distance. The goal of the Christian life is not to get there first, and it is not a matter of competition. As we will see this morning, the Christian life is a journey, a way, as it says here in this psalm. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. It is a way, a way of life, if you will. The Christian life is a way of life that displays godliness. It bears good fruit. And in the end, has a happy and blissful meeting with God and Jesus and all the saints. That's the Christian life. It's a life that displays godliness. And in this passage, it's called righteousness. The way of the righteous. The way of the godly. It bears good fruit. And in the end, we get to go to heaven. And be with Jesus. And see God. And see all the saints. And you may think that is elementary, and we all know that, but, but I, think, I think it's true to say that in, in, in Christendom today, to a large extent, they don't really look at it that way. You know, it's a life, it's an insurance. You, you, you confess Jesus, you receive Jesus in your heart, and, and your life doesn't, doesn't drastically change for many. They have fire insurance, they're going to go to heaven when they die. But that is not the will of God this morning, dearly beloved. God's will is that for us on the way, we are godly. We show forth a God-Christ-like life. Right down where we live, in shoe leather, at the workplace. That the world might see Christ in us. The Christian life is meant to bear good fruit. Galatians says of the, boot, of the fruit that we should be bearing there, the fruits of the Spirit. This should be our life. This should be what we long for. This should be what we pray for. Lord, give me an opportunity today to be like Christ. This should be our goal in life. And I think from time to time we need to lift that up. And we think, well, 
I'm not perfect, you know, and no one's perfect, and I have my problems, and I have my things that bear me down, and sometimes we make, even make excuses concerning things that mar the Christian testimony. I think, I think these things should, be, should, should, should concern us. I think these things should, should, should uh, uh, grieve us. When we're struggling with, with things, when we're having a hard time to overcome, and we're having a hard time finding the victory, brothers and sisters, these things should grieve us. These things should not be the norm. As we already heard this morning, Paul and Silas and, 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 and others, when they were in extreme, there they sang, there they prayed, not when they were in their soft beds. Oh, this is the Christian life, the way of the righteous. Notice in our text here words that point out this very thing, that the Christian life is a journey. Notice some words with me here. Blessed is the man that walketh. Now it's in the negative. It tells him, it's telling us where he will not walk, but he walketh. Amen? He's not standing still. He is walking. It just says where he doesn't walk. And the Christian life is not all movement either. Sometimes we stand. But it matters where we stand. And sometimes we sit. But it matters where we sit. We see the word day and night. In his law doth he meditate day and night. You see the journey. You see the persistence. You see the perseverance. It says here this man is like a tree planted. And then bears fruit. And how many years does it take for a tree after it's planted to bear fruit? It could be five years for small fruit trees. The way of the Christian life. We see in the word in, in this text here seasons. That speaks of time. Seasons. We like to get there right now. Sometimes we get discouraged if we're not, you know, going along at the pace we, we think we should be. Remember, there are seasons in the Christian life. Seasons. Sometimes hard seasons we go through. Sometimes we feel like the sun isn't shining. Dearly beloved. Surely, truly, it's just a season. If we're pressing in, if we're believing God, surely, truly, it's just a season. It talks about the leaf not withering. So we see the big picture. There's heat, there's wind. But because of where this tree is planted, he doesn't wither. The way of the righteous we see whatsoever he doeth, labor. He prospereth. It doesn't mean that he never has hardships. It doesn't mean that he always comes out looking good on the outside or physically prosper, prosperous. Or, or it doesn't mean that always will, things will go the way we'd like them to go. But this righteous man says, it says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And I know this is an Old Testament setting here. But thinking about it in the New Testament, I believe our spirit, if we're this kind of man, if we're this kind of woman, we will come through prospering. 
Whether we make the dollar or whether things go out the w- turn out the way we, we wish they would, we will come out prospering. I believe that's the will of God. The Christian life is not a sprint. It's important that we have this mindset. It makes so much difference. You know, this doesn't make any sense what I'm going through right now, but it's just a season. Today I'm walking. I'm, 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 uh, I'm gaining ground. Tomorrow, I'm not getting off the spot. I'm standing. And the next day, we might just be sitting. Lord, what's happening? You get the picture? You wake up at night, and you're concerned about your soul. Day and night. So, number one, the Christian life is not a sprint. Number two, I'd like for us to notice here that he starts out this psalm with the word blessed. Blessed. He says, blessed is this man And he gives us a number of things that this blessed man does not do. It's it's in the negative here. He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And I think in our day and age, with with the, the, the medium of technology, we really, 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 really need to sit up on this one, brothers and sisters. We really, really, really need to take serious this one. Do you use your device for as much spiritual, positive, Bible messages, input as you do the other? Think about it. Whose feet are you sitting under? Are you getting as many messages, hours of messages, encouragement, sending forth text to your brothers or whatever as the other? Just think about it. It's God's counsel to us this morning. The way of the righteous is not to sit, not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. This man does not Stand in the way of sinners. And he does not sit in the seat of the scornful. There's a progression here. We've we've heard that before. We know that's how sin works. It progresses. And obviously I believe these, these men are worse as it goes on. The first man is ungodly. He may be morally upright. He just doesn't need God. You know, he's not worried about prayer and Bible reading and fasting and all these things that are important. He just doesn't need God. The next man, he leads a sinful life. He's a sinner. And the third man turns around and scorns that which is good. It's hardened his heart to the place where he can scorn that which is right. Mock it. Solomon, David's son, adds his advice to these words. To his father's words by saying, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men and avoid it. Pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. 
He says in another place in Proverbs, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. Learn not of his ways, and learn not his ways, lest thou get a snare to thy soul. You see, it's a snare, brothers. It's not a big bear trap. It's a snare. Tighter and tighter and tighter that thing gets. Turn with me on this one to 2 Corinthians 6. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 6. How serious should we get about this matter of separation from the world and, and from that evil influence? How serious is it? 2 Corinthians 6. Let's get the counsel of the Lord on the matter here. It says here in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, an unbeliever? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. O dearly beloved, let's be where this way of the righteous man, he does not go there. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, he also used this word blessed. He speaks about it in the positive. And you know that section there in Matthew 5. He speaks about the blessed man in the positive. So David said, blessed is the man that does not. Jesus said, blessed is the man that does or is poor in spirit. He's humble. Blessed is the man that mourns. He's grieved. He's grieved over burdens, over things in his own life, needs in his own life. He's burdened. He's concerned. He mourns. He shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, the wise, the trained, the self-controlled. I'd like to think is what this word means. We often use the illustration of a, of a, a trained horse is meek. Has all the strength, but he's trained, he's harnessed. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after the kingdom of God. The souls of men. Oh, dearly beloved, the souls of men. I'm sure you have these same, same burdens. But I'm, I'm, I'm longing, I'm hungering and thirsting for some new births, if I can be that plain. Amen? I'm, I'm longing to go to the baptismal waters again. I'm, and, and, and seeing a soul baptized, buried uh, with Christ and raised up to new life. I'm longing to see the power of God. I'm hungering and thirsting for that. 
Oh, we need to be merciful. If we want to obtain mercy. And what about pure in heart? God sees our heart. How is your heart? Is your heart right in the sight of God? How is your heart this morning? Is it clear? Is it pure? Is it free? How is your heart when you do evaluate with your devices? How is your heart? Are you pure in heart? Are you a peacemaker? Am I a peacemaker? Jesus taught these things. And in so doing, we get persecuted. I've said this before. I've read it somewhere. God allows us to be persecuted. Or no, let me back up. We get persecuted for being godly. The world around us don't like that. God allows us to be persecuted to be more godly. And so we are blessed. Jesus said we should rejoice and be exceeding glad when men revile you and persecute you. So in in the reverse, I guess if we haven't been persecuted for a while, we should be concerned. I, I should be concerned. If no one has sneered at us, so I see. You know how it goes. We want to be blessed. This is the path. This is the prescribed path, dearly beloved. The third thing I want us to notice in our text, you can go back there. should have told you to keep your finger in there. Psalms 1. A marker in there as well. We want to see next where this man's strength lies. I believe this is the secret to his strength. Is in verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. So much so that he finds it basically natural to meditate in it day and night. I think that's, this is where we should come to. Where it's not a struggle, where we don't have to, you know, force ourselves to, to, uh, to come back to, to the Word of God. But it's just like that rubber band. If we are attached to heaven, if our, if our hearts are in heaven, if our affection are on things above, you know, if that rubber band, stre- if we stretch ourselves to, to focus on something else, to work or whatever it is, As soon as we're done, our mind goes back to the things of heaven again. To spiritual things. That's how it should be. His delight. This word delight could also be, uh, it also has the definition, gives it words like desire. His desire is in the law of the Lord. He finds pleasure in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is a valuable thing to him. And so, therefore, he meditates on it day and night. It's just kind of a natural thing. That's that's where his strength lies. And brothers and sisters, we should be concerned if it's otherwise. 
if the rubber band is fastened down here. The fourth thing I want us to notice is the effects, the outcome of this man's decision. He is, first of all, like a tree planted. This is not one that is just growing wild, but he is planted. He is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's a nice place to be planted. Your roots go down there and they always have water. And, and, the, and the word planted here gives the idea, maybe perhaps cultivated and, and nurtured. He is fruitful. Which one, here, which one of us here would not want to be fruitful and have a burden? Lord, I'd like to see more fruit in my life. Here's his, his, the secret of his strength is in meditating on the word of God. He endures. He endures the heat. Which one of us wouldn't want more of that? Enduring power. And he prospers. He prospers. Praise God for that. God's blessing is on this man. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, as we see in verse 6 there. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. And he pours out his blessings. Oh, on the outside, it may not always look that way. It may look like we're weak. And we may feel that. But I think one of the churches there in Revelation, where God looked down and said, yeah, I see your, your, your weakness. I know you feel weak, but you are, you're strong, in my own words. You're, per, you're, you're, you're persevering. You're making it. And the fifth and the last point is on the ungodly. Let me read verse 4, 5, and 6. Now, this is everything the opposite of what we just read. The ungodly are not so. They have no delight in the word of God. They have no substance. They wilt. They wither. There's no fruit in their lives. They are not so. The ungodly are not so. But are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So we're looking at the way of the godly and the ungodly. Let's consider the ungodly for a moment. This is an awful sobering verse. Think with me, verse 5. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. I think what that's simply saying is they will be judged, they will be condemned by God. This is awful. This is sobering. Job said that triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. Though he excel, though his excellency mount up to the heavens, and his head reaches unto the clouds, yet he shall perish forever, like his own dung. They which have seen him shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream. 
he shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. David describes the ungodly as chaff. And, you know, chaff and grain dwell together pretty tightly for a while. You know, they're together. But John the Baptist said that when Jesus comes, he says, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So you have Christ coming with his fan and separating the wheat, the grain from the chaff at that awful, dreadful day. The wheat will fall to the ground, but the chaff will be blown away and gathered and burned. This is the verdict of the ungodly. The ungodly. Dearly beloved, it is of utmost importance that we ponder these things and do inventory of the condition of our own hearts. If we find hypocrisy or sin of any kind or friendship with the wrong people, as we read here, or any chaff in our hearts or wrong affections on things of this world, We should confess these things and repent. Pretty basic, but dreadfully serious. Dreadfully serious. If we're not finding pleasure in the word of God, something is wrong. And so we should, I just leave this challenge for us this morning. We should do inventory and say, what is wrong? And tell our spouse, tell our parent. Tell someone and say, pray for me. This needs to change. The word of God is stale to me. It's dry bread. And it needs to be life-giving and invigorating and like water out of the river to my soul. We should confess and repent and turn our hearts on things above and away from the things below and away from certain people. That, like we read here, away from the ungodly and the sinners and the scornful that make mockery at sin and joke about the word of God and, you know, maybe scoff at the seriousness of the Christian life and, well, you don't have to get quite that serious. Well, I guess I'm not sure how serious we must get, but... Whatever it takes to be right with God. Blessed is the man now and forever. Well, let me, let me go back here. We should confess and repent and turn our hearts unto things above and strive to live righteous, godly lives. Blessed is this man now and forever. Now and forever. So we sang in that psalm, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears, as we heard this morning. They looked unto me, unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord campeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loveth many days, and that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. O beloved, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. May the Lord add his blessing to this message. God bless you.